This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, our first guest up today is my buddy Brian Moody, executive editor of autotrader.com. And he is going to be here to tell us about new cars for 2022. Hey, Brian, did you know? I mean, what? <laughs> what? What an amazing way to start the show. I mean, come on. Is, I mean, how could, really, it couldn't get any better than that. Well, I haven't really gotten to the good part yet. But, oh, oh just because I <laughs> Did you know that earlier this week on Tuesday, it was two two like the number two tuesday because it was two 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 it was february 2nd 2022 which is all twos that's pretty cool so it was tuesday anyway i just thought i would get that out because you know that's it was it'll never not gonna happen again that's for sure next time we're gonna have something like that it'll well, be in the year 3030 you what you know what that reminds me of it reminds me of back when i was a kid in sacramento listening to whatever the station was, I think it was called KZAP, and they would have two for Tuesdays. <laughs> right. And every Tuesday, they'd play two songs by the same artist. So if you were lucky, you would get like, you know, I don't know what they played, probably like two Aerosmith songs in a row. And the guy had a deep voice, like, you know, 70s, 80s rock DJs, oh, like yeah. Dr. Johnny Fever. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, and then there was Room 222, of which I, I remember the uh-huh. name, but I can't remember what the TV show was about at all. So now I'm going to have to have to go look it up. But yeah. Anyway, cool. we are, by the way, in the year 2022. And we're starting to see True. some 22s coming out now. And as I, I have to ask, was that a 21 or a 22? No, the 22s are here. So what new cars do you advise people go look at? Well, so we have our list, Auto Traders list of the best new cars for 2022. Yeah. And those are cars that are either redesigned or all new for 2022. And I will go through the list as fast as I can. And you stop me if you think one is especially noteworthy. Okay. Go for it. So let's start with uh, alphabetically. Let's start with the Acura MDX. The Acura MDX gets a little bit of a redesign. It has Amazon Alexa built in. Mm. It has a 1,000 watt, 25 speaker ELS sound system, and that's one that you could check out if you wanted to get a luxury SUV. Number two, and this is alphabetically. Remember the Ford F-150 Lightning. It's an electric pickup that's supposed to be amazing. Yeah. So. We think that's significant. No, wait a minute. Um, but, wait, wait, wait. Are they out yet? Yeah, Are they yeah. being held up by the chip thing that is everybody's problem? Or Because I, I kind of want one of those. I think they're cool. Well, they are cool. They're not out quite yet. They, But here's what Ford's doing, is they are dedicating their resources to the more popular vehicles. And I think, uh, if I remember right, that would be F-150 Lightning, Mustang, Mach-E, and Ford Maverick. So the chances of you going and getting one like right now is probably not slim because they're so popular. And the same with the Ford Maverick, which happens to be number three on the list, two Ford pickups. I mean, look, it's a great position to be in, right? 
Yeah. Like, well, you want people to yeah. want your stuff that bad. Yeah, but the problem is some of these problems that they're having is not because the vehicle's so popular. It's because there's just no dang chips <laughs> to be able to make them. It's like I heard the Broncos. There's like rows and rows and rows of Broncos sitting there waiting for parts. And that seems to be a yeah. massive problem, even in the repair industry. You know? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. What a weird time. we are. Here it is, 2022. By the way, is the Maverick, are we calling that a truck, even though it kind of is a truck, but it's more of a car than it is a truck? Because it has a bed well, on it? Well, yeah, okay. So it's really more like a car-based pickup, which would be similar to, I hate to say it, but like kind of like an El Camino or a, or a Ford Ranchero. Right. I mean, it doesn't look anything like those. Or the Subaru Baja or the Hyundai Santa Cruz or the Honda Ridgeline. I right. mean, those are... You know, those are car-ish based things with a pickup truck bed on the back. <laughs> All right, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. There's no separate bed, like, you know. Yeah, well, we got to talk about this on the other side because because it has a bed. Is it a truck? Um, is it a car? Is it a truck? Well, we'll talk sure. about that on the other side. I know. I'm not sure either. You're listening to The Drive. Brian Moody's with Autotrader.com. You can find all the new cars for 2022 at Autotrader.com. We'll be right back. with something in my head. I couldn't escape that memory. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com, all the cars, one search. You're listening to The Drive all across America and around the world because of the interwebs. Brian Moody joining us. He's the executive editor at autotrader.com. Is this new Ford Maverick a truck or is it a car? Um, I guess, Brian, we have to call it a truck, mm -hmm. but it, you know, if I look at it and I cover one eye like a pirate, ah, matey. I see a yeah, I see a car, you know, a car with a with a, the trunk lid off of it because it's just got a little itty bitty bed, you know what I mean? But it, it it's a car based yeah. truck, but I guess it is a truck. So anyway, I don't, I don't want to beat that dead horse, but it's a car that has a a bed. <laughs> like I'll give you an example. You don't call the Subaru. What you which one is the Subaru that has the, the bed on? Baja. Thank you. Yeah. We, we don't call that a truck. It's a Subaru Baja. So maybe this is just going to be a Maverick, which is non-binary. Oh God, I'm going there, aren't I? That's hilarious. It's kind of well. What would you call? <laughs> I, I mean, know. would you? How would you categorize an El Camino? An El Camino is a car truck. See. I never called it. A, well, I never called it a truck. It was never a truck. I'd say El Camino. And that's what we have going yeah. on here. We have something that it's kind of not really a truck because it's based on a car platform. You remember how many there used to be of those? Remember there yeah. was a VW Rabbit pickup? Right, right. And there was also the Dodge Omni 024 oh, Rampage geez. pickup right. kind of thing. Yeah, but they weren't pickups. So this is not... 
You know. Well, this this isn't. I'm, all I'm saying is this isn't necessarily uncharted territory. We've had car-based trucky things before. Yeah, that's a good I point. think of all those, the Maverick is the most truck-like that you can get, and still being the car. Think. Yeah, it's kind of a cross-dresser, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's kind of what it is, you know. It's a, it's a car. It's a truck. That's what's cool this about it. Alan, this isn't about you. Sorry. <laughs> Dang it! I've given my story away here, aren't I? <laughs> God, that's funny. Okay, but and listen to your point before we got sidetracked. Yeah. They're selling them faster than they can build them, and now they've cut off. Yeah. They've already cut off uh, production because they can't build them fast enough. Yeah. So they're like, all right, you got to buy a twenty-three if you want one now. What? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So I know two people that have Mavericks. Well, one has it in their driveway now. The other one has it ordered, and they're not going to get it until April. The person who I know that has one now had to go online and research what cars were in transit, and they bought it that way. Mm, Wow. Yeah. So before it made it to the dealer, they called the dealer and said, I see that you have XYZ truck on the on the carrier. On your, uh, we'd like to buy that truck right now. Right. That's what my and son-in-law said, okay. did. And they, Same thing. Yeah. Yep. They yep. also paid a $10,000 market adjustment. So what are you going to make of that? Wow. So what is really bizarre is what is happening in the used car marketplace right now. I actually saw a brand new F-250 diesel four-wheel drive and and it said only 350 miles on it and it was being sold as a used vehicle with 350 miles Mm -hmm. on somebody had somehow done exactly what you're talking about found out that a ford dealer had this beautiful truck four-wheel drive loaded and bought it put a couple hundred miles Mm -hmm. on it and is marking it up probably a good fifteen thousand dollars because it was ninety eight thousand dollars for this truck and i thought wow who does that but the market is so volatile right now that people are actually doing it instead of like trading commodities they're day trading cars and trucks yeah wow so anyway yeah strange i mean for the average person you can buy your leased car because the price was set a while back right and it can be worth more than that but the problem with that is is that like so you could do that you could sell that car but then you need a car so unless you just have endless resources and lots of cars sitting around that's not going to work for most people because you sell it yeah you made a little money but now you got to go buy a car in in an up market so what are you going to do i know it's a catch-22 okay so we're talking about the new cars for 2022 significantly changed we've gotten the 2022 acura mdx the f-150 lightning all-electric truck and the maverick give me two more we got one minute till another break the Ford Maverick is the one that we just talked about. There's also the 2022 Genesis GV70. Remember, that's the smaller one versus the GV80. This is a really slick luxury SUV. Also, Hyundai's Ionic 5. That's their all-electric car that has kind of a retro hatchbacky vibe. And there's actually a couple of electric cars on our list this year. So those are some of the best new cars for 2022 and the whole list is there on auto trader in case you want to buy a good car all right well that's what uh, people are wanting to know what is new or significantly changed for 2022 that's the list we're talking about uh take another break here brian moody from autotrader.com you can also uh list your vehicle for sale in the classifieds or check and see what other vehicles like yours are selling for an important part of your research when you go to put your car for sale 
We'll take a break and be back with more Brian Moody. It is The Drive. Don't let him hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. I love it. Love game, intuition, play. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Um, you know, I could say love. It's what makes Subaru Subaru. But they want me to say, go where love takes you. That's so... It's, it's kind of a neat twist. You know, the car is a personal conveyance of who you are. And uh, even more so these days. Although, I'm a little fearful of kind of what's happening. I want to talk about that for one second. Brian Moody joining us from autotrader.com. Brian, what I was thinking about was all these electric cars and these kind of, dare I say, air quotes, self-driving cars. Um, mm-hmm. They're taking, to me, I don't know. I'm going to be uh, dangerous and go here. They're taking a little bit of the fun of the mechanics out of the car, the mechanical, visceral feel of going through the gears when there are no gears, you know, when there are no, when it's not even holding onto the steering wheel at a certain point. It worries me a little bit because, you know, I come from that ilk, and I know you do too, of we worked on our own cars. Mm-hmm. Today, we can't work on our own cars. It's way too complicated. I mean, yeah, you could do brakes, but uh, wait a minute. If you've got regenerative braking, maybe you don't want to do the brakes. That's, again, there's some science and technology there that is beyond me. So I don't know. Are we being removed from the involvement of that visceral thing of car, not only ownership, but maneuvering it down the road and around the corners and going through the gears and not even turning the radio on, listening to the engine when the engine is dead silent because it's electric motor. So it worries me a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? I think yes and no. So for a long time now, and remember, some of the cars that are, quote, self-driving, there really aren't any of those. That's kind of a myth, self-driving cars. I mean, it does work. I've seen it work. Nissan took us to Japan, and we saw a car that drove itself 100% all on its own, put in the nav coordinates, and it goes. But that's in Japan where the roads are perfectly manicured, perfectly painted. Everything is ordered. There's no rural, at least where we were, there wasn't rural roads and that kind of stuff. But as far as it driving itself, you can already do that with a Cadillac Escalator, a GMC pickup, and those are gasoline-powered. Right. The other thing is to keep in mind, I know what you're saying, and I agree with you, and you're right, but think for how many years now we've had people chipping cars, right? They do chip modifications to the computer. So now we've already been in the era of it's hardware and software engineering that's going to get the most performance out of a car. It's not only gasoline and spark and pistons there's already been a software and a virtual component to it too that's just going to get bigger one thing that i find interesting that supports what you were saying as a person was asking me the other day what difference does it make what electric car i get don't they all drive the same Mm. 
And it's interesting because you see how once you remove that mechanical thing, they do kind of all have a similar feel. Mm -hmm. They might even be sourcing the motors from the same place. I don't know. Right. Right, because an electric motor is just, you know, kind of an electric motor. It's not like it's, you know. So now it'll be down to features, things like you're going to see more. I think you're going to see things like charging times, stereo, seat comfort. You know, we have a 25 speaker, you know, that kind of stuff. They already do that, but it's going to be all the more. Well, this is why I said, which I know I was shocking a lot of people when I said, I want an F-150 Lightning, which is an all-electric truck, because, you know, it still looks like an F-150. You can barely tell the difference. But I, yeah. you know, I know my little town that I live in and I don't go that far. I could live with an electric F-150 truck, crew cab, all the amenities like you talk about, a frunk, which is a front trunk, two words smashed mm-hmm. together. And because I do need a truck. And then I was thinking, well, I own, you know, a little business plaza. And I I was even thinking today, maybe I'll put in some electric charging stations. And so my brain is now being pulled into this world because there is a place for it. Yes. But also... I remember driving in little Jim Connor races and going to the racetrack and doing all that kind of stuff as a young guy. And I miss that. And I don't want to lose that. And my fear is that because these electric machines are so, dare I say, very reluctantly amazing, and they are, that we'll lose those things. And they'll become, you know, um, like you'll have to have a dog park to walk your dog. I want to take my dog on the beach. You know, yeah, I'll pick it to pull up, you know. But you know what I'm saying? I don't want to, I think, I don't want to I be think, yeah, relegated. I, agree. I think plug-in hybrids are the way. Yeah, and, and here's here's why. So yeah. electric cars have a place. Gas-powered cars have a place. But if you think of a plug-in hybrid, in anything that you do, Alan, in terms of like a city or a state or your personal investments, what do they always tell you? Diversify, right? right. Why is that? Yeah. Because if you're all in on egg farming in the city of Portland and there's a chicken flu, well, your revenue goes down. You're, you're out of luck. <laughs> right. So what do you do? You diversify. <laughs> there you why go. wouldn't we want to diversify the fuel source for our cars? That's a great point. It's a great point. Well, that's why I like to just say it. <laughs> Honestly, I like to just say it. Every, I get in trouble every now and then. Like, you didn't actually just say that, did you? You know, I don't, I'm like, you know, I, you know, okay, I'm getting pulled into that crazy world, that electric car world. But honestly, it's hard to argue with the fact that you know, look at the price of gasoline today. And with this crazy war going on over in Russia and the Ukraine and the the uh, pandemic and all the craziness that's going on, look at Canada. We're going to see 5 6 $7 a gallon fuel. I, I wouldn't mind plugging my car in at about that time, but, but I think you're right. Hybrids. They, they really need to double down on hybrids. All right, Brian. Thank you, sir. You guys, if you want to see all the new cars, yep. the significantly new cars that are all new and changed for 2022, go to autotrader.com. And it's a fantastic website. I've been using AutoTrader for, boy, I hate, to, I don't even want to tell you how long. I've, my, young, my oldest kid's 35 and longer than that. I don't even know how long they've been around. <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute with more of The Drive. Thank you, Brian. Thanks. We'll be right back. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. 
with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true. It's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Taylor. Well, joining us now is my buddy Carl Brower, automotive industry analyst. He's a contributor for Forbes Autos, North American Car and Truck of the Year juror and board member, and executive analyst for iccars.com, of which they have a pretty interesting study they've just done. Carl, I was just talking to uh, Brian Moody. You know, Brian, we're all friends. And, uh, we were talking about a truck, an F two fifty. They were asking ninety eight thousand bucks for it. Ninety eight thousand bucks. It had three hundred and fifty miles on. I thought, who does that? I think this guy must be a day trader. He's a day trader, but he's trading in cars because he could probably make more money on cars because the stock market is going through the floor because of this Ukrainian war and all this stuff. But guess what? Trucks are going up. Cars are going up. And I know you guys have a study that talks about uh, the the uh, price of used car. Some of the used cars are actually now slightly used above the new MSRP, which is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, whenever there's war, the truck demand goes up. You know, that's a standard thing, right? It's like, shoot, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I need a truck. So um, (laughs) that's that's kind of common. But yes, you're correct that just cars in general, we know the prices are high. But I thought it was very interesting when we started looking at what we define as slightly used. And that means cars that are less than two years old. So these are going to be 20 or 21 models with less than like 15,000 miles. So we could define these as slightly used cars. But as you know, Alan, how it's supposed to work, right? When is the biggest depreciation curve that a car hits? In that first Uh, year or so, yeah. One right. to two years right. is the biggest drop in value, normally, under normal, non-crazy, ludicrous times. <laughs> uh, but since we are in crazy, ludicrous times, these slightly used cars with relatively low mileage, on average across the country, are going for 1.3% above the new MSRP for the same car. So if you go to buy one at a dealership, well, it's pretty easy to imagine what happens. You go to the dealership and you're like, I want a brand new, we'll use Kia Telluride because everyone wants one of those. Right. I want a brand new Kia Telluride. Dealer looks at you and says, that's great. So does everyone else. I don't have one on, in stock. I'm not sure when I'm going to get one. And the buyer, you know, inevitably looks at the lot, looks around the lot, frustrated, and is like, well, wait a sec, I see one right there. Well, yeah, that's a used one. That one's a year old, and it's got 18,000 miles on it. Well, how much for that one? Uh, let me see. I'll cut you a deal and give it to you for X, Y, Z. And depending on whether the consumer knows the price or not, he might look back and say, isn't that above the brand-new price if I bought one with zero miles that was a 2022 model? And uh, most people wouldn't know that. Maybe they would. And, of course, the dealer would be like, yeah, it probably is, but that's what I want. And if you don't buy it, there's 10 guys behind you who I know will. I know. You know what's funny is the average consumer today is so much smarter because of the Internet and because of the studies like this that you guys are doing with iccars.com and all the other folks that are coming out with these amazing studies constantly because people are looking at the world going, wait a minute. 
could, could this be true? Let's, let's do a study and see what things are selling for. And you're like, holy mackerel. All the car dealers that have used cars because they can't get new ones are actually asking more than they cost brand new for a year old. And I see that all over the place. Like I said, I was talking to Brian. I'm like, how can this be true? And it is true. It's not just my little town. It's every town across America right now because there is... Um, a bottleneck in the supply chain because of, well, because now because of war, but I mean, because of all the other reasons that are going on with the pandemic and because of the, the fight, the infighting between, you know, China and America and Russia and, and Ukraine or whoever it is. It's the weirdest thing. I went to do a, a transmission rebuild the other day. I, I said to the guy, I go, so, uh, what do you think? You know, maybe, you know, a couple of days, if I bring it in, you can pull it out and rebuild that sucker. And he goes, yeah, it'd be great. He goes, that'd be great if we get the parts. And I'm like, well, so what are you thinking? He goes, well, he goes, what we've been seeing is 10 to 12 weeks average right now for most parts. He goes, we're real lucky if they have something in stock. He goes, but if you pull it up, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock, out of stock. And so it's causing a ripple effect. And the end user is the ones getting screwed because we got to pay the new price for a used car. That's the end user right now because even you can't get your cars fixed because parts. He was telling me that he's been waiting for 10 or 12 weeks on a uh, Toyota, I don't know, Toyota minivan. I don't know what it was that he, transmission parts, and which I thought was kind of funny. And I thought, what is going on? You know, what is going on with our world? The ripple effect right now is really rippling hard. It's a tsunami ripple, you know? No, it's 100% true, and it makes sense when you think about it, right? Because if you can't buy the new cars, you're hanging on to your current one, and so you're, you're restricting the used car supply because people aren't giving, getting rid of their current <laughs> right, cars to get right. their new one that they want. Exactly. That restricts used car supply. That means people who have used cars that are getting old and need to get rid of them are going and looking at other used cars, and the price is so high, it's like, well, I guess I'll just keep my current one going. So they're all running back to the shops saying, I guess you got to fix this one. I'm not buying a new one at today's prices. So now all the parts to maintain the used ones are being put in, in their high demand and under stress because of all people keeping their cars longer. So, yeah, it is, as you said, the best word is ripple effect. You, you restrict microchip production for pandemic reasons and, and personal electronics, stealing them all away from the car industry over the last year and a half because everyone was stuck at home playing games on you know, right. playing PlayStations and all. And all of a sudden, everything else, gets backlogged from that one part shortage yeah and the other thing is that the the fact that uh, people don't seem to want to go out and work everybody i know needs to hire employees and it's like what is going on there's some kind of i don't know don't drink the kool-aid people whatever it is there's something uh, maybe it's these vaccines i don't know It's, it's a lazy shot i don't get it we'll take a break Don't get me going there, Carl. Good Lord. Oh, boy, people. Yes, we're at war now. Well, not us, but they are, which, again, the ripple effect ripples into us. A world at war. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor on the road ahead. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. 
plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. Well, I believe that the uh, price of cars is going to stay up for a while because I don't see any end to this real soon with this new, you know, this new thing going on over in Europe there. Um, Carl Brower joining us, iccars.com. And uh, by the way, the uh, I, I think Carl, mistaken, I, I'm, I could be wrong, but you guys did a study. Is that That's available at iccars.com about the uh, price of used cars, right? Yep, we got one on the cars that are more expensive, slightly used than new that we were just talking about. And we also have a, we do this every month, we talk about the fastest selling cars Ah. because they're a good proxy, Alan. If you know what's selling fast, you Mm. probably know what's going to be expensive to buy. Well, I think it's trucks because everybody needs some sort of a war machine right now in case the war breaks out over here. I don't know, SUVs with big push grills and and, uh, howitzer guns mounted on. I don't know, what's selling fast? <laughs> I've been watching yeah, well, too much you know, news. This just happened. We'll see when yeah. we get the, the current months. Then we'll know. But uh, this one is from. Uh, this is you know we do it every month. But you have to wait till the month ends. So we got January's now. But um, we just talked about the Kia Telluride. Surprise, yeah. surprise! Yeah. Uh, fastest selling car. It sells an average of twelve point eight days after it lands at a dealership. And it's funny because a, a lot of people are like, well, that seems like a lot of time. You know, the average car uh, supply is supposed to be like between 40 and 60 days. That's how say, that's yeah. how many days supply is supposed to be for a given model. Yeah. I don't know of any car right now that is probably making that mark. I can't think of anything because people are settling because I just need a good car with good financing rates and low payment and this, that, and the other. What, what else do you have? They're, they're, they're selling everything. So, yeah, it's a very interesting time. All right, so the fastest-selling cars last month. Uh, Carl has got the, uh, the the study here from iccars.com. What else? Telluride, of course, and uh, congratulations. Telluride's number one. By the way, you're right that the average for the entire new vehicles is 36.3 there days. You go. So That's it's still below that 40 to 60 range for everything. That's so you're right. exactly right. Yep. But uh, it's 12.8 days for Telluride. It's 15.5, believe it or not, for Toyota Corolla. How about that? That the Corolla is one of the fastest selling cars right now. By the way, I can give some context to that. What we saw when this first started, like over a year and a half ago, was the trucks and then, believe it or not, coupes and convertibles shot up in price and in demand. And then slowly the SUVs got sucked in, not surprisingly. But the last like three to five months, we've watched small economy cars prices shoot up and demand shoot up. And why is that, Alan? It's what you just said. Everyone's like, look, I ain't going near trucks and SUVs. I already know those are expensive. I just need something that gets me point A to point B. Give me like a Corolla or a Civic or, or you know, a Mirage, Mitsubishi Mirage. Well, guess what? All their prices shot up in the last six months because everyone had to run to the last remaining area that wasn't expensive, and now they're all expensive too. Well, and then on top of that... I heard on the news that gasoline in Los Angeles is, and, and you're close to that, being uh, kind of what are you in the what's called the South Orange Bay, County. Orange County, yeah. like six bucks a gallon. What are you seeing there? So I, you know, thankfully my lifestyle doesn't 
require me to fill up very often because I work out of my house. Thank God. Because yeah. the last time I filled up, I had to use premium. All my cars use premium. Right. I paid five twenty five. That was a bargain. like a week and a half ago. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even want to think about it. All my well, cars have some decent fuel in them. So I'm not even thinking about gas prices and hoping I don't have to. For yeah. But while. here's the deal. A week ago, gas, uh, the uh, price of oil was in the 90s. We're in the hundreds now. So you need to take a look because I heard on the news this morning, we're talking six bucks a gallon in L.A., which means that that's, uh, you know, it's probably in your neck of the woods, too, by this time. But uh, but yeah. Yes, and also because of that, even five bucks a gallon is crazy. My brother in Texas sent me something, or actually uh, Texas sent me something, and also Michigan, oddly enough. In Michigan, it was only like three fifty a gallon. I'm like, wow, that's cheap. And when I hear myself saying, wow, that's cheap, I think, oh, my brain is recalibrating to this stupid $5 a gallon gas, and the same with diesel fuel. But then you look at all the vehicles that are getting that 40-mile-a-gallon club for the internal combustion engines versus, you know, obviously the electric vehicles have their own thing and hybrids. That's why these Corollas are in your number two spot, because the price of gasoline. A hundred percent. Yeah, Corolla's there. Then we got the Toyota Sienna. Acura MDX, Ford Maverick, you know, that truck, by the way, they can't keep up with sales. They've already stopped taking orders yeah. for the Ford Maverick because of how much demand. Chevrolet Corvette, it's been in high demand since it came out. That, I feel like that was the car that never had a clean market. You know, it had a GM strike right when it was first started to be produced, right. followed up by COVID, followed up by microchip shortages. You know, that car, and it was a redesigned mid-engine V8 yeah. Corvette that everyone wanted. So it was a super high-demand car that would have been in backlogged under the normal conditions we usually have in this uh, in this industry, and there's never been normal conditions since that car was released. So yeah. it's been stuck in okay. high demand. So Telluride, Corolla, Sienna, Maverick, Corvette, keep going. Highlander Hybrid, Toyota Highlander Hybrid, again, mm. fuel efficiency. Right. Subaru Crosstrek, little fuel-efficient SUV, Honda Civic, Toyota Venza. Toyota RAV4 Hybrid, another alternate uh, fuel yeah, vehicle, yeah. and then the regular RAV4, Subaru Forester, and then the Hyundai Ioniq 5, which, of course, is their brand new uh, pure EV mm. that's, uh, that's in high demand, too. So a lot of alternative fuel vehicles in this top uh, like top 20 cars we got in this list. Of, well, uh, w- which is interesting that there was only one all-electric in that group. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, I don't see another. No, there isn't a pure electric besides that Hyundai. Wow. I mean, it did just come out, so you yeah. know, it's got a lot of demand. Not surprising. By the way, uh, but so that car, awesome looking car. I got to tell you, it looks great. I, you know, just from it's photos. a fabulous yeah. car, Alan. I drove it at the press launch a couple uh, months ago, and I got to tell you, if I was buying an EV right now and I'm looking for maximum. Can you say maximum bang for your buck with an EV anymore? I guess not. Maximum jolt with my for my yeah. buck. Anyways, uh, it's a really well done car in terms of its range, what you get, what you pay, the looks, the driving dynamics, the interior design. It's nice. Yeah. All right. Gosh. Well, this study, again, iccars.com. You can find it, the fastest selling cars, along with the other study, the used car pricing on how average slightly used cars are selling at 1.3% above MSRP. I'm going to play a song here on the way out that says explicit. Oh, how long can I play it before we get to hear a rude word? Chicken foot. Carl Brower joining us. Uh, we come back. We're going to continue talking about the car industry during wartime. We'll be right back. It's The Drive.
Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Thank you, sir. Uh, Carl Brower joining us from iccars.com, and our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Go where love takes you. Gotta love a company that has uh, love in, in all their slogans. Uh, Carl Brower is joining us. And, uh, Carl, what do you think about the price of gas, really? I mean, are we going to see seven bucks a gallon? I mean, because, you know, it, it's possible summer come around the corner here. And it depends on how long this uh, Ukraine-Russia thing continues. And if China goes into uh, try to take over Taiwan and God knows what, you know, you got the Durham report for Clinton. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's whirling dervish time in America and around the world. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, honestly, it the, new, the new and I, and I song, the, the, the number one song right now, you know what it is on the charts? You ready for this? <laughs> the song of the whirling dervish. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love that term because it does work so well here. Oh, um, my gosh. No, it's 100% true, Alan. And I do feel like this is going to be a while. We're not going to, this is not going to get resolved next week with Russia. So no, there's going to be not. sanctions. And all that means, a lot of people are like, well, what does Russia have to do with me? You know, at the end of the day, we're, for better or for worse, we all live on the same planet. There's yeah, only so the much oil effect. to sure. go around. That's right. And if we're not taking oil from Russia, we have to pay more for what's left of the global supply of oil from all the rest of the countries that have oil. Uh, same with natural gas. And by the way, Europe, you know, we do actually get somewhat of a filter, you know, diminishing hit on that because of the ocean between us and all. You know, it's like, well, it makes more sense for us to get our oil anyways from Canada and all these other things. But Europe, right there next to the Russia on the same continent, they're, oof, I mean, the price of their natural <laughs> gas this winter to, to keep themselves warm is going to go way I up. heard it's five times what it was last year. Five times more expensive. Five! For, what for fuel, the, yes, but the price of fuel has gone up by five times in here. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? No. Dude, that would be like $20 here if it went from what it was a week Everything ago. Everything I have has at least six or seven liters, just so you know. I'm talking big block engines and diesels. And I don't like these little things, two or three liter. I want seven, 7.4, 6. <laughs> whatever. I want over five liters in everything I have of engine size. You well, know, I, no yeah, replacement for I displacement. Got, you know, even my old BMW that I inherited is premium says right on the tank. Premium fuel only from 2001 BMW. Well, so go. I got to play the most expensive gas price out here when yeah. I buy fuel. Well, you know what? Electric cars, everybody's kind of going, whew, sigh of relief because they weren't selling that well. I mean, even in your list, those weren't the top selling, fast selling cars. And all of a sudden, well, maybe electric cars are looking pretty good till the generators that make the electricity run out. Anyway, that's another story. Okay. Real quickly before we end this uh, time we have with you, the latest Ford GT Heritage model and the end of the Ford GT production? Really? 
2022 swan song for the ford gt so uh what? as a car that's been around since 2017 you start to just take it for granted but here we are we're down to the last like 200 models probably that are going to get made wow. uh, they're only, they're only going to make 1350 total and there's about 200 left so wow. uh if you haven't gotten one already well truthfully if you haven't even gotten approved for one already then it, you don't have to worry about it because you couldn't get one anyways oh, but yeah. They do have a new Heritage one every year, and this last Heritage model the, is, pays homage to the Allen Mann racing team from the 60s. And it's just a real quick, fascinating story, Alan, is these were the guys who did lightweight experimental testing on Ford GTs. And none of their Ford GTs, the Allen Mann Racing Ford GTs, ever won any of the races, so a lot of people have never heard of them. But a lot of the cars that did win races won because they incorporated the lightweight techniques oh. that Alan Mann was prototyping on his car. You know, Alan, so the, Alan cool is the man. Alan is the man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a beautiful car. The red with like these gold stripes down the center and everything like that. Nice. It's a beautiful look on the brand new Ford GT with all otherwise crazy styling. Well, that we know those have. And the next generation of whatever kind of Ford supercar will be. <laughs> Sorry, I just threw up my mouth. Electric. I know. Yeah, yeah. Know. <laughs> It'll certainly be electrified. Again, that's why I'm such a big fan of the Ford GT is that it, it did use twin turbos and a smaller engine, but there was no battery pack on there trying to power the car, so, right. you know, thus weighing down the car and adding right. to the complexity of the car. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is the swan song, not for just the Ford GT, but for the purity of an internal combustion-powered supercar mm. Ford and pretty much all the other companies, too, these days. Well, Carl, once again, you have knocked it all the way to center field. Not out of the park, just center field. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. <laughs> you can find out more about Carl and all that he does at iccars.com. Uh, also, you can find some of his stories at Forbes Autos. And uh, just a handsome man. <laughs> Incredibly handsome. What do you? Who does your hair? I'm joking. See you later. All right, we've got another hour to go. Um, I'm certainly glad to have guys like Carl and Brian Moody and the other folks that we have on the show. BJ will be up in the next hour. Uh, it makes my life much better. You complete me, Carl. Thank you. We'll be back. Stay with us. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television, and radio host, Alan Taylor. Welcome to Hour 2, everybody. I have to tell you, there is an event coming up 
uh, in uh, at Amelia Island. It is called the Amelia Concours d'Elegance, and I have gone a number of times with my good friend Dick Messer, who is he lives there in Jacksonville, Florida, and it's coming up next weekend. And so I thought, what the heck? We should talk about it. Let everybody know what's going on, so that you guys, if you want to go, you can find out more at AmeliaConcours.com. But you can find out more about what's going on from Chris Brewer right now joining us, who is the director of event communications at Haggerty, who has now purchased the Amelia Concours, and also Kevin Fisher, who is the director of PR also for Haggerty. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, Alan. So glad to be here. Yes. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Looking Appreciate it. it. Appreciate you guys for coming on. So I am going to be on an airplane, even though we are a world at war, and I'm making it out to the Haggerty, used to be Amelia Island, it is now called the Amelia Concord Elegance, and there has been a kind of a changing of the guard, you might say, because Haggerty now owns this event, and for those that don't know, Haggerty Insurance is amazing. I've been uh, working with and interviewing McKeel Haggerty since the early 90s when he first got into this insurance business, his family business, and to Today, this company, Haggerty, I mean, about 90% of my friends on this planet work at Haggerty now. I mean, Larry Webster, who was the editor, he was an editor at Car and Driver. We uh, raced in the Baja 500 together, and then he became the editor-in-chief of Road and Track magazine, is now at Haggerty. Who isn't at Haggerty? Chris Brewer's there. I mean, everybody's there. Anyway, I won't complain because I get to play with you guys on the radio. Thank you. But the world is changing. I mean, literally, where these types of events are so important to the classic car hobby is to go and show your your pride and joy. Chris, you're the director of event communications. Maybe you can talk about what is going to be special, so, so special this year at the Amelia Concours. Yeah. Well, thanks for that, Alan. Yeah. You know, um, I've been with the show for quite a few years. I've been the director of communications for the Amelia for for a bit. And uh, even before that, I was a volunteer. I was actually one of the first years that they had a, a cars and coffee program. I was a part of that. One of the things that I do in Jacksonville is I run the caffeine and octane program. It's a, it's a monthly car show. We do it at the mall. It's uh, really popular and a lot of fun. So I came in and started working with, at the time, with Bill Warner. Bill said, come and help us put this together. And who's the founder? So the founder. Yeah. Yeah. The founder. And he, in 96, they started the show and, you know, we had gotten to the point, it was almost a decade ago. And he said, let's do something for the community. Let's put this together. And we had so much fun. Bill was, you know, he's a visionary. He saw something in me. He pulled me in, really mentored me and, uh, and taught me so much. And, you know, it, it's uh, over the last year, Haggerty's come in and become a steward of the event. And I got to say, the direction that they're going uh, to involve young people, to involve, um, they're, they're creating on-ramps for folks with uh, different types of cars. And we can talk a little bit about that. I oh, think yeah. uh, there's some fun fun things to, to to flesh out in that. But Well, um, I've got a million questions for you guys both. And this year at the Sunday's Concord Elegance, you're honoring Chip Ganassi. By the way, the dates for this is March Three through six, the sixth being the Sunday Concord Elegance. And, uh, but I, I, first of all, I, I, they're telling me take a break. Let me take a break. What we've got is so much to talk about, and you guys can go, 
the Amelia Concord Elegance. It's 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 a number of days long event, and Chris Brewer is here and Kevin Fisher from Haggerty and from the Amelia Concord to tell you more about it. So let me take a little break. We'll come back and we'll go through all the fun things there are to do. I have many friends that are flying from all over the country to go to this event, and so am I. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Sister, know the water sweet, but blood is thicker. Oh, if the sky comes falling down for you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful Dodge vehicle. With enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. You're listening to The Drive All Across America. I'm Alan Taylor. Our show is brought to you in part by Brembo Brakes. Brembo, the choice of champions. And uh, you can buy Brembo at buybrembo.com on the web. Uh, we're talking about the Amelia Isler. Oh, I almost did it again. The Amelia Concord Elegance. It's on Amelia Island. But now since Haggerty has it, it is called the Amelia. Amelia Concord Elegance. Uh, March 3 through 6, coming up real soon. So we have Chris Brewer, who's an old friend of mine, Director of Event Communications at Haggerty, and Kevin Fisher. Now, I know that Chris has a 240Z. We'll get into that. But, Kevin, what kind of classic car might you have? So I'm the proud owner of a 1965 Mustang, which I've had since I was 14. So that goes back to about 1994 for me. And uh, pulled it out of a barn in uh, the middle of Michigan, and it's a '65 Hypo Fastback, as oh, they call them. Man. And you've had it since you were 14. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I um, <laughs> I was uh, one of those kids that uh, was cutting lawns and saving up money and um, bugging my parents to uh, put something fun in the garage. We always had a. <laughs> A, a good collection of um, Ford commuter cars. Yeah. Uh, I'm, from a, I'm from a Ford family. And um, yeah, it, there was That's always awesome. the desire for something a little bit special. So you know, that car uh, fit many needs for it, us. It's, That's for sure. Look, at, and you had no idea back when you were 14 years old that it was going to be such an iconic car. Because, you know, I mean, it wasn't quite yet. It was on its way in 94, I think you said. But today, that car... <laughs> That's icon, man. So here's the funny thing. I always like to see, you know, who is behind these companies, you know, like at Haggerty. Of course, I know McKeel. I've known him since he was a kid, really. And and he was a nice kid, by the way, a very nice kid. I promise. Anyway, but (laughs) but, you know, it's like I remember when General Motors hired a new president and CEO and they're like, well, so where did he come from? And he's like, oh, he used to work at Colgate. I go, from toothpaste to cars? What does this guy know about cars, right? So I always think it's very important that the people that are representing our brands 
are the real deal. And I, you know, so here I'm in Hawaii one time and I run into this guy, Chris Brewer. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, what are you doing over there? Hey, what, what's going on? Is, do you remember that, Chris? That was hilarious. I sure do. I, sh- I remember shooting pool with Alan Taylor in Hawaii, actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. But Chris, you're, you know, I, I know you're a dyed in the wool car guy. You've got a 240Z. I've got a 240Z, or well, I had one, I should say. I have a 240Z story, though. When I was, uh, I'm going to say I was 18, 17 or 18, a friend of mine, somebody tried to pass him and and made him swerve, and he kind of hit a telephone pole a little bit. Not bad, not as when you think of hitting a telephone pole. But uh, it it smashed his fender in, and the the shock tower got pushed in a little bit, and his dad was afraid the car was a piece of junk. So I said, hey, I'll I'll buy that, because I was in ROTC at the time learning how to do body and paint. So uh, I, I took the car to the ROTC, the body shop class, which this is what is so important about what you guys are doing with, you know, the young people, the younger enthusiasts. This is how I got into it. So uh, we straightened it out and I put a, um, a new fender on it and, and uh, it was on a frame machine and everything. And the car was fantastic. So then on Hot Rod Magazine's cover, back in, I think it was 78 or 79, tells you how old I am. And uh, I saw this 240Z that had flares on it and a whale's tail like a Porsche 911 Turbo and an air dam. And I thought, oh my gosh, Hot Rod Magazine has got a 240Z on the cover and I've got one. So I yes. literally called Hot Rod Magazine back in the day. I was, I, I'm going to say I was 18. And I said, who makes those flares? Because it was somebody that, you know, this was like way before this stuff was being done into where you could just go down to a speed shop and buy this stuff and so i got the information and i did the same thing and i painted the car and you know because that that was the vocation i was in is i was doing body and paint the car turned out beautiful and i put it on the street while i was cleaning my garage one day and uh literally a monk a guy that had come out of the monk the priesthood he comes in he goes is this your car out here and i said yeah and he says, uh, I want to buy it. And I said, well, it's, it's not for sale. He goes, I want to buy it. Name a price. <laughs> and I literally, I thought to myself, I'm going to put a big price on it, $6,500. you will never pay that. Of course, you know, what do you, I told him $6,500. He whips out the cash and pays me for it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm so happy to see that you're doing it, the importance of including younger people into the enthusiast world because that whole thing ignited me. I thought, man, people love these cars. What is it? And then I started working on all kinds of cars, and then it turned into exotic cars. And when I was 20 years old, I painted a Lamborghini Mira. I actually did a paint job. Who lets a 20-year-old kid do a lacquer paint job on a Lamborghini Mira? A brain surgeon, that's who. And, uh, and it turned out great, but it changed my life because yeah. the, the uh, Ferrari Club of Southern California, he was part of that because he had a Lamborghini and a Ferrari. And uh, all his friends saw that this young kid could do body and paint. And man, that changed my life. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to learn more about the uh, Amelia Concours. And you guys have a special Japanese sports cars thing going on there. We had to get our our car stories out of the way, didn't we, guys? Oh, it's good. It's good. (laughs) We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is The Drive. Stay with us. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, 
and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability. Plus, a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Go where love takes you, Subaru. And hopefully that Subaru will take you out to the Amelia Concord Elegance, March 3 through 6. On the line with us is Chris Brewer, director of a event communications at Haggerty. Haggerty owns the Amelia Concord now. And Kevin Fisher, director of PR for Haggerty. And uh, we were, I was telling as many stories as I could in the commercial break there. And Chris, you know, I'm, I'm so happy about you guys including the importance of including younger enthusiasts. I'm so happy with that. Yeah, you know, when you're a kid, I don't know about you, Alan, but, you know, I, I was 14, 15. I couldn't wait to get that driver's license because oh it meant yeah. independence. Totally. It meant freedom, right? Yeah, the totally. open road. Yeah. And and I tell you what, um, I, I got it. I got didn't have the greatest cars. I had visions of the greatest cars. I think when I was driving them in my mind, I was imagining that I was in the greatest cars, but usually it would be things like Volvo station. Nothing wrong with Volvo station wagon, but I had a 240DL. But here's what's so interesting about a driver's license. <laughs> I had to I laugh. I'm sorry. I had to laugh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. It was very convenient. <laughs> I could fit at least 30 of my good friends in the back. But here, here's what's so great about this. You know, you start off with this, this ticket to ride, this ticket to bring you places, this, this independence. And then quickly you start to realize that there are other people that are also excited about cars and love them as much as you do. And this, this ticket to ride and independence becomes this, this belonging and this, this new community that you become a part of. Totally. And so I don't know about you, but I quickly went from, you know, appreciating the autonomy to finding like-minded people who loved automobiles, everything about them. And then suddenly conversations I don't know what we would start on, but where would we end up? We'd end I up know. talking about cars. Yep. We'd end up talking about what we loved. And I don't know about you guys, but you know the Datsun that I have now, part of why I have it is because that's the car that I wanted when I was that age. Right. When I was 14 or 15, a 240Z. Oh, my gosh. There was a guy in my neighborhood that had one. And uh, you know, I don't remember what he looked like. I don't remember how tall he was. I don't he was the coolest man in the planet because he had a 240Z. <laughs> he was amazing. Now you said think, you you said you have some a special uh, Japanese sports car part of the Amelia Concorde this time. Yeah, yeah. So this year on Sunday at the Concorde, we are doing a celebration of rare Japanese sports cars, mm. and you know. These cars are, some of them, you, not only you've never seen them, but some of you have never even heard of them before. Yeah. Well, well I mean, that's the fun part, though, isn't it? Right? Yes. yes. And, that's what makes, and that's what makes a, a show like the Amelia special. I mean, you go on the show field on Sunday, and you've got 225, 230 cars, and a lot of them, you may never have seen them before in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, not, And not just that particular car, but maybe the model. So here's a good one for you. We've got a 1966 Hino Contessa coming as a part of this class. <laughs> Hino, I love that, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, there may be someone out there that has seen and knows. There's probably someone that owned one. But I don't think there's a lot of people that have that can right. say that. And, well, and Hino so makes special. big old trucks. I've seen Hino big, you know, industrial trucks. But yeah. I didn't know they made cars, too. But I imagine, yeah, if they make trucks, they it, probably make cars. It's, it's a Japanese market JDM car. There was only 3,000 of them built, mm. but 
according to the owner, this is the only known example in North America. Yeah, wow. Well, so let me ask you, how do you honor legacy cars, the legacy of the cars, while still innovating? Is there, can you talk to that a little Uh, bit? that's a really that's a really neat question and that and that's really what's at the heart of what Haggerty's bringing to the table with the Amelia you know we we understand the legacy of the show and it is a beautiful legacy and um, I'm proud to say that I've been a part of, of a lot of that legacy at least recently you know and we've always strived to try to be the best of the best and you, you you've been there Alan the, the work that the team does to put these groups of cars together and it's not just the cars right it's the setting it's kind of I don't know. I don't. I hate, I get so romantic when I start talking don't about this. Stop island. it! I do. I get <laughs> sappy and ridiculous. But is there anything like you get out of your car? You maybe you get on the shuttle. You get to the and you walk onto the golf club of Amelia Island, and it's kind of magical. It's like it's it transforms you into this new. And I know. I know. I'm being a little dramatic and a little bit. But for a car guy, I mean, it's like going. I, I used to always call it the second Christmas. You know, you got right. Christmas, like we get that out of the way, and then March would come, and it was the second Christmas for us car guys. <laughs> uh, this is too funny. You know, it's like, honestly, it's like if you hit me in the head with a baseball bat, and I woke yeah. up in heaven, and yeah. I was I was at the Amelia, and I was on the lawn there, and I saw the car. I go, look, heaven has got cars. How cool is that? Anyway, it's funny. Um, it's so true. So, Kevin... Let's talk about, you know, your thing with you're the director of PR for Haggerty. Haggerty, man, Haggerty is on fire right now with everything they're doing. Congratulations. First of all, if you talk to McKeel, tell him I said howdy and congratulations because the man has really I don't know. He's becoming iconic. I hate to say it because I know him and he's just a dude. But what he's done is like I don't know. He's laying foundation for the future of our hobby, which has not been done well. Barry Maguire, I would say, was the other guy that does that. He wants to keep this hobby, the collector car hobby, alive. And McKeel has always been right there, almost uh, arm in arm, side by side with Barry Maguire with the Car Crazy TV show. And I was, too, for 25 years. And uh, But I'm so happy to see what he has done because I think that he probably could have been a little bit selfish and done things differently but man this is the most unselfish and I gotta take a break we're gonna you guys have to do one more segment period uh, this is the most unselfish thing because at the end of the day this is about it's a give back to our hobby God bless him for that we're gonna take a little break talking to Chris Brewer and Kevin Fisher from Haggerty talking about the Amelia Island Concord Elegance. It's on Amelia Island, but it's called the Amelia. Check it out at ameliaconcord.com. We'll be right back. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, 
television and radio host, Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. And wait until you see what they have coming. I won't tell you anymore. I can't. I'm sworn to secrecy. It is unreal. That's all I can tell you. That's it. Don't even ask me. Chris Brewer, don't ask me. Jeff, Kevin Fisher, right. don't bother asking. It's as far as I can go right there. <laughs> uh, Haggerty owns uh, the Amelia. The Amelia Concord.com on the web. Chris, I started talking a little bit about, and I and I want to kind of get back. Uh, I know you have something going on on Saturday as well, the Concord yeah. being on Sunday. But, Kevin, I mean, what a job. You guys, in the last couple of years, Haggerty has exploded with events and used to be, you know, sponsorships. That's great. But now you guys have ownership, so you can really navigate this yeah. in a whole different way. Can you talk to that for a sec? Yeah, that's right, Alan. And trust me, uh, you're sort of alluding to it. It is definitely a dream job. And imagine that uh, everyone deserves their dream job. Right. It all comes back to one thing for us, Alan. And it's really that we work for a company that has a very well-established purpose. And the purpose is to save driving and car culture for future generations. And so how do you go about doing that, right? Well, that lets you make all the right decisions. It lets you, it lets you make these decisions that will end up knitting the car community together in ways that have never been done before. And that's really, that's really what we're all about. And so that's where you see standing up an organization that can track values as a service for our members. That's where you see onboarding experiences to tie them together and and to secure their future, right? So it's not easy running automotive events and um, to make them a part of a bigger organization secures their future. And that's a big part of what it means to, um, to save driving car culture. And Chris has some really cool specifics about how that rubber meets the road, especially at the Amelia next weekend. So I'd love for him to to share some of that information with yeah, you. Yeah, and by the way, it's this really is cool. it's next weekend, March 3 through 6, the Amelia Concord Elegance. You guys can find out more information. I guess you can buy tickets still. I, I know that some of them are sold out for the VIP stuff because friends are telling me, what do I do? I go, just buy the normal ticket. You, you got to <laughs> no over, overload, are, you know? Normal go ahead. tickets are available Good. and they're fantastic. Okay. You know, that's that, and, and you get an event like this and, uh, we call it a normal ticket, but I know I there's know. nothing normal about this event. It's really spectacular. So well, walk us through it real quick. Yeah, well, you know, on Saturday we've got a new event. It's uh, called Cars and Community. It's on March 5th. That's Saturday. There's four central elements to it, and then there's kind of an extra element that we'll talk about for a second. But the four pieces are cars and caffeine which is sort of like a traditional cars and coffee show where folks come and they bring their cars and display them. That's on the show field there. Then we've got a secondary event called Radwood. Are you familiar with the Radwood concept, Alan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've interviewed the guys that that, uh, launched all that. It's a ton of fun. So we've got that going on. It celebrates the, the, I like to say, the totally awesome cars of the 80s and 90s. (laughs) Right. And then with that is, and this is another fun one, the Concord Lemons. I think you could say it fancier than that, but it's the Concord <laughs> Lemons. I always call it the foil to Sunday's Concord. So if Sunday's celebrating the best of the best of the best, then Saturday's kind of celebrating the, the maybe the forgotten. The strange of the strange of the weird. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. You know, on, on top of all of that, we have the, the Amelia's first ever kid zone. And oh, cool. uh, this is really, um, this is a really neat 
activation, Alan, we've got uh, slot cars for the kids. We have uh, racing simulators that we're going to set up. There is uh, hands-on activities, drawing and coloring. We've got a buddy of mine and I think of yours, Alan. Jay Ward's going to come in and oh, do yeah. something with the I young love people. Jay. From, from the cars, uh, the whole thing from, what's he, Pixar, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he'll be there That's on awesome. site. And it's really to, to get the, you know, here's the trick. And I love this. One of the first times I, I met McKeel, he said, I want to create a, an event where when my kids wake up in the morning, they can't wait to get there. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to get there, Alan. But how amazing is it when my kids can't wait to get there, too? Right. And that's so here's the last piece of it all. It's something that I'm really excited about. It's called the Supercar Celebration. And we're bringing in a series of supercars from four different decades. We're going to have them on the main show field. And they're spectacular. They're over the top. There's stuff that you, you rarely see. Now, you may see each one of them on their own, but to put them all together onto a show field, it's going to be spectacular. And I guess we got to back up to Friday. This is something that's really fun. We're doing a supercar tour where we're taking a, a group of those supercars to the local high school and junior high school, and we're letting the kids check them out. Mm, I got to tell you, it's so funny. We, I went with Bill Warner, the founder of the Amelia. Oh, gosh, it's been a decade or more ago in a car. I won't tell you what it is. It was a, a priceless car from General Motors Vault, and it was a convertible. And, yeah. and I was holding his hat on his head. So as we drove, I'm holding the hat on his head. And all of a sudden, a downpour happened. And we're in a car that is priceless with oh, no man. top. And we're getting drenched. And that's why I'm not telling you what car it is. <laughs> because it was like, oh, no, we got to find somewhere to park this thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, anyway, th this event, that's the great thing about it. So much hands-on fun stuff to do i can't even tell you guys um i'm running out of time right here for the commercial break but i gotta run chris brewer director of events communications at Haggerty. also you know he's the guy who you want to talk to about uh, ameliaconcord.com um the media have to go through listen it used to be the media yeah we walk over these guys not anymore you gotta be real media and you gotta go through chris brewer i gotta tell you i barely made the cut uh, and Kevin Fisher. Kevin, Always. thank you. Director of PR for Haggerty. Can't wait to see you guys out there. Uh, such an awesome event. It's next weekend. Get yourself out to Amelia Island for the Amelia. The yeah, Amelia Concord yep, Appreciate it. All right. I've got to go. BJ Colleen coming up next. We're going to see what's going on, on in her car world. This is The Drive. And uh, maybe I'll see you out there at, at the Amelia. See you then. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrembo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, you're listening to The Drive. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Our show brought to you in part by autotempest.com. Autotempest makes online car shopping easy with the powerful autotempest.com search engine. You can simultaneously search all the top car sites like Carvana, Cars.com, True Car, Hemmings, and Cars and Bids, and a whole bunch of others. 
Uh, no more repetitive searches on multiple websites. The Auto Trend, Auto, Auto Tempest, get it right. Autotempest.com tagline is all the cars, one freaking search. Oh, I made that part up. I hope they don't mind. (laughs) One search is better than a whole bunch of other ones. Autotempest.com. BJ Colleen joining us. BJ, what's going on? Mm, not much. It snowed here in Vegas yesterday for like ten minutes. Oh my gosh! How bizarre <laughs> is that? Right? It's awesome. You get your ten minutes. Oh, that's cool. And then it melts away. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know that's enough. Right? Enough of that crap. Um, that's right. So, do you happen to know anything at all about a lot of people that are in the car? Know that are paying attention to what's happening in the car world? Know that there were. There were a whole bunch of Porsches and Volkswagens and I think some Audis on a container ship out in the ocean on fire. Brand new ones. And I have not yet found anybody that really has much information. And uh, you are usually the one in the know. (laughs) Well, they did. They released some recent information. It's kind of interesting because uh, the the name of the ship that that caught on fire was called the Felicity Ace. Mm. And it carried about 4,000 vehicles, including Porsches, Audis, Lamborghinis, and Bentleys. Oh, my. So, yep, the vehicle caught fire. It was up in smoke, but they've been having trouble putting it out because some of the vehicles are electric. And, you know, the lithium-ion batteries, they make the fire very difficult to extinguish. And you guys know they're not allowed to take lithium-ion batteries on airplanes. You know, they're in the cargo hold and things like that. So it's just been a a giant mess because they left it to burn, even though they tried to put it out but still couldn't. So, But it's at the point now where there's little left to burn. The, The ship is adrift. Uh, it's about 170 kilometers southwest of the Azores near Portugal, <laughs> but they haven't had a chance to even get on board to see what the damage is. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, the Urus SUV was on board and the Aventadors from Lamborghini and the Lamborghinis, Lamborghini said that they've stopped making Aventadors, but they said because of the loss, these were already vehicles that people had ordered. They may start up production again oh my just gosh. to fill those orders. <laughs> That's how crazy it is. So they're talking insurance is saying the incident could cost around $155 million in lost vehicles. So oh, it's man. like, oh, man, what a nightmare. Of all the ships, you know, to catch fire, it couldn't have been, you know, the Mitsubishi Mirages and things like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it had to be oh, this one. my gosh. But you know what? Listen, that's just the car loss. Now, the ship is probably a big fat loss also, right? Oh, it has to be, right? Yeah. And I don't know what the price of that. That $155 million easily, you know, all oh, the right. cars on board. 4,000 yeah, sure. vehicles and, yeah. you know, Porsches, Lambos, Bentleys. I mean, the Audis are the cheap deal on that list. Right, so, right, But, right. you know, with the... Vehicle shortage overall, and then adding this on top, it just it's never going to end. It's oh just never going to end, gosh. I'm telling you. Well, so if, you, uh, if you're out there in Portugal and you're like out you know, fishing or something, you see a big old boat <laughs> smoking along, you, you know what that is. All right. Uh, wow. More in the news. I noticed um, they've kind of made the announcement that they're going to have a Raptor version of the Bronco, the new Bronco, and now comes the Raptor version of a Ranger, right? Absolutely. So, I, you know, it's like people, they, Ford is doing great, first of all. They, they really have found their niche. With the F-150 Raptor, it came out, and I'm, that is the state bird of Nevada. And you see them everywhere. Yeah. Everybody's got a Raptor truck. You don't see too many of them dirty, but you see that right. they have them. <laughs> and it's just amazing. So they announced the Bronco Raptor. 
and that's going to be an absolutely amazing vehicle. It's going to be a lot of fun to drive. They're talking 392 horsepower, 430 pound-feet of torque, roughly. That's the estimates. They haven't given us an actual number yet. 10-speed automatic transmission. They've got the Fox Racing shocks on it that, uh, you know, it's absolutely amazing. And it, I can't wait to drive it. I know a couple people that have and said it's really just something else. But they said, you know, the, people have been asking about the Ranger Raptor for a long time. Oh, yeah. And they finally, that's it's coming. So the the Ranger is the midsize pickup. So right. there will be an F-150 Raptor. There'll be a Ranger Raptor. And then there'll be a Bronco Raptor. But you got to give the people what they want, right? Yeah. And especially because you can add another twenty five grand on top of the price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah and you know? that's not even counting the dealer markup i can't I imagine what it's going to be you know the raptor the bronco raptor i know that they're going to be limited production numbers because they want to keep the demand high but that just says to the dealer hey let's just jack it up another thirty thousand and call it a market adjustment price so yeah it's frustrating they may all be spoken for already you know you can't you can't order a new bronco top of the line one because they, they can't fill the orders right. they're getting ready to close the 22 banks so your next one you're going to have to order is a 23 they can't fill any more maverick orders i so, so you have to wait for the next model year it's just it's crazy it's absolutely crazy what's going on in the car industry right now well it so. is and what it's doing is it's causing this feeding frenzy now so uh, enter a kind of a world war kind of a thing going on in the background yep. of all of this, and it's only going to get worse. But what's what's crazy is, you know, the price of gasoline and fuel in general is going to go through the roof. And so, like I was saying to the other guys that I've been talking to throughout the show here is these electric cars are starting all of a sudden to look kind of good because electricity but then we haven't heard about electricity costs going up it's gonna have to go up too right it, it yeah. has to because yeah. you know it still takes regular energy to produce electrical energy that's right and you know when when war happens all the prices go up so in addition to gas prices going up which i think will be a huge jump but you know california may see six dollars a gallon at that point i mean it's already at four fifty five dollars in some places there and in vegas it's about three fifty a gallon at costco but up to four dollars if you don't go to costco which you're crazy if you don't have a costco card it's paying for itself right now well, but electric has to go up it just yeah. has to right well and listen from what we hear of course the uh the convoy you know heading to the uh, capital and they put the big fence around the capital my solution is evidently trucks honking their horns is it's bad so much so that they're putting a fence around the capital i have a solution you ready for this yes Here, I'd love to hear here's it. my solution you know those little horns that you have on the bicycle yes right uh-huh everybody should get the horn the little horn walk around the streets <laughs> they, they, that would drive them nuts we'll take a break don't go <laughs> yeah you get shot we'll take a break it's the drive don't go anywhere now's the time to earn your bragging rights and rule the road in a powerful dodge vehicle with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge the number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver appeal for mass market brands. Join the brotherhood and experience the strength of Dodge muscle today. Visit Dodge.com or see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. 
Tied for initial quality study. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And don't forget, if you want to sell a car, you have a lot of options these days. Um, The Collector Car Network has ClassicCars.com, which is a classified for your collector and classic cars. ClassicCars.com. They also have Auto Hunter. AutoHunter.com is an auction site. And it is awesome. I sold my uh, Mustang Shelby GT500 there. Autohunter.com, all owned now by Barrett Jackson. Uh, BJ Colleen joining us here. BJ. Can you see all these people walking around with horns and then, you know, the police will be chasing down people. You're going to start to think it's a bunch of clowns walking down the street, you know, with their little clown horns. But a lot of people are clowns walking down the street. Well, that's for sure. Anyway. You can see my disdain. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. You know, it's funny. You're talking about Bear Jackson selling your vehicle. You really miss that Mustang, don't you? You know what? I, I, uh, yes, I do. But here's the thing. You know, a lot of people don't know. I wasn't very public about it. Both my parents passed away in uh, March and April of 2021. They were very, very aged, 90 and 93. And I looked around me and everything I owned, I wanted to get rid of. I just, all the things that I cherished, I wanted to like do a cleansing. And I, I sold everything and I just... I mean, I had the coolest cars. I had many of them, and I I got rid of them all. And I have to tell you, I went back to my roots, and it's so funny. A lot of people don't realize I used to own wrecking yards. That was my thing. I bought a wrecking yard when I was 23 years old, and um, I owned a number of different wrecking yards. And when you own a wrecking yard, you build whatever you want. You build it. You go out to the yard and you say, well, there's a half a car and a half a car. And you, you get a good body shop and they weld them together and you got a nice car and it's made out of two halves. It's not unusual. <laughs> it happens all the time with these, especially with these uh, unibody constructions. It's just welding metal together. Before they made crew cab short bed trucks, I wanted one. And so I and me and my buddies were like, all right, we'll take a short bed here, shorten the frame on that long bed crew cab, and let's make a short bed crew cab. Well, this is, you know, of course, way back when. And 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 then the, the manufacturers started making them. Okay, great. We didn't have to create our own. But I went back to my roots because I sold my nice, I had a nice Ram diesel one ton crew cab dually. And uh, I owned it for three and a half years, and the price of vehicles started going up. I sold it for what I paid for it three and a half years later. But then I couldn't find another truck. So a friend of mine in the salvage industry, I said, hey, if you see a really nice truck, I don't care if it's got a salvage title, doesn't matter to me. So he calls me up and he goes, hey, I got your truck. And I go, what is it? He says, 2012 GMC one ton, four wheel drive diesel with 40,000 miles. And somebody went off the road backwards. Okay, oh, I can live with that. So it needed a bedside, it needed a fender and the hood. The hood was almost repairable, but it's so cheap to buy a hood, you buy a hood and a headlight, and that was it, and a taillight. Anyway, I had it fixed. I'm driving it. It's it's got forty two thousand miles on it. You cannot find that vehicle anywhere, and I love it. <laughs> what I don't love about it, though, which I'll tell you, is the technology. Twenty twelve did not have backup cameras on a one ton crew cab four wheel drive dually. You cannot see anything behind you. 
It's got the beepers, right? And then right about the time you have crushed a small European sports car that you couldn't see, you're on sitting on top of the hood. Beep, beep, beep. That's the horn on the Porsche that you just drove up onto the hood, you know? So I've got to get a new stereo and what have you. But uh, I went back to my roots, which was working on cars, fixing cars, and I love it. But the harsh reality of it is that these new cars, you can't work on them like you used to, BJ. They, these new, new, new cars are no, no, no. We're not going to be worked on by the average body shop. You got to go and be trained. And I know that you're a, a trainer, not body shop, but you, you train the dealers of what to talk about on the cars. But I got to tell you, there's so much technology in these new cars today that they literally scare the heck out of me. And I don't know what the salvage industry is, the wrecking yards and the pick aparts. And, you know, that industry has got to be going skyrocketing because people are fixing their old cars because they could still work on them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So. It's the electronics that are that are killing you. Yes. Because you can easily do something, touch the wrong thing, and then you voided your warranty on your car, which is like terrifying. So yeah. it's it's tough. It really is. No but you're right. It's it. not not as much fun as it used to be to work on cars. I don't have any idea what song is playing in the background here, but I think it's gonna end very shortly. Uh BJ <laughs> Colleen. Yes, remaining five seconds. Oh, that's too funny. Right, I'll play another song. Here we go. Oh yes, who can it be now? It's BJ Colleen. <laughs> Hi, BJ. <laughs> Thanks, Alan. Have Thank a you. One. Have a great one. Uh, we were going to talk okay. about uh, the Hyperloop. They just laid off a bunch of people. That That's the news. That's great. Um, I'm Alan Taylor. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel, right here for The Drive. See you then. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness.